Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. Every day on the I Work For Him show, it's our desire to challenge, just challenge you the way you think about your faith as it applies to what you do each and every day in the workplace. But on Tuesdays, we focus on our home place and how it impacts our marriage. So today, Martha, we're talking about money, how it impacts our marriage. Yes, we are. <laughs> okay. All right. Just, just because the mic wasn't on one time doesn't mean it's on. It, it, it's that okay. It was a really weird sensation. Was it? Feel my, I heard myself everywhere. But... It flew around. It was flying around. <laughs> All right. So today we're talking about money as it impacts our marriages. And, and I got a verse for us today. Matthew 6.21. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Mm-hmm. You know, before we get into our conversation today, it's so important that we recognize that many of us treasure things that are not eternal. A lot of things that are not eternal. Well, let's list a few. Your wardrobe, your car, your job, um, your money, your jewels, your family, your, I mean, it all it just goes on and on and on. Furniture. How about your garden? Your heirloom Your dishes. vacation place. <laughs> 
Did you hear what I said? Your craft projects? What did you say? I said heirloom dishes. Heirloom dishes. We don't have any of those, do we? Well, they're getting to be an heirloom. We've been married 29 years. (laughs) Maybe that's our our china from our wedding. We've used it almost. We haven't even used it 29 times. Oh, sure we have. No way. I use it at least once a year. Not a a chance. You think it's a rule? Yes, sir. That is a rule. You know that. It's still heirloom. 29 years. Well, I'm not. (laughs) 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 Well, we got to write that down so we talk about that rule on why she's worried I'm going to throw it away. You know, we got a lot of fantastic things going on here at I Work For Him, and we want to drive you to our website to find out about the new and exciting things that are going to happen. So check out IWorkForHim.com. That's IWork4Him.com. And also our Facebook page to find out what's going on in our lives. We are staying on the air, and we're growing, and we're so very excited. And so we wanted to make sure that everybody knows we're here to stay. So go ahead and check it out on on our website, IWorkForHim.com. And on Facebook, IWorkForHim.com. If you go on to Facebook and you're checking out our Facebook page, would you like us while you're out there and encourage your friends to do so? Yeah, we've gotten like nine new likes this week. Fantastic. We're almost at 900 likes. We are. Very close. We were trying. We were going for 1,000 by January 1st. Yes, you're very optimistic. So now I'd like to go for 900 by July 1st? I think that's great. So I was really meant January 1st of this next year. Yeah, there, there you go. So if you're sitting at a stoplight right now. Do not pick up your phone and <laughs> like our page. Yes, go to, to iWork for him on Facebook later on tonight. There you go. Make yourself a little mental right, note. Make sure you check out. Just check out all the cool stuff that's going on. And also on our webpage, you can find all of our podcasts, mm-hmm. all of our archives, our archives from the beginning, from the absolute pathetic first show. <laughs> I've got it out there just so people can understand where we came from. You've come a long if way. If you'd have been on the show with me, it would have been so much better. Those first, That first show was freaky. Why? Because we'd have both been petrified? Absolutely. But we could have been petrified holding hands together. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so from the first show, there's a few missing here and there, but for the most part, there's over 280 mm-hmm. shows out there on the archives. And on the podcast, we've got 2014 mostly done. 2015 is almost caught up. My podcaster's been on vacation. And then 2013 and 14, when we just did it one day a week, those will be caught up here anytime. And the really cool thing is that the if they really go cool thing. on our website, they our can website. subscribe to um, the podcast via iTunes, um, something called the RSS feed, which I, I'm just going to admit right here. I don't. It's a newsletter. If you sign up, when we I send know. out a newsletter, you'll get a. <clears throat> well, you note can, from us. There you go. But if you sign up, it's really cool because you can automatically get the podcast downloaded so that you have them all the time and you can go back and listen to them. So we're just excited about all the technology that's and taken, being taken advantage of. And we're working on t-shirts. We are. And dress shirts that have I work for him on them so that you can wear them and just say, people go, well, that's, I, we have been approached how many times? People say, Wow. How can I get a shirt like that? I don't know how many times, but remember the other day we oh, were just getting dozens something at the convenience store. And I specifically noticed the cashier like really reading what that said. And, you know, it, you could just tell she was she's going acknowledging work for him. What I work. For him. I don't get it. But she didn't say anything. So I didn't notice. I should have noticed. So the whole idea is that anybody can wear, you know, people wear uniforms. People wear shirts with their company logo on it. The whole idea is, is that ultimately everyone should have the mentality that their company logo is I work for him because they've committed to their work, their job, their employment being under that umbrella of understanding that that they are doing everything that they do 
for Jesus Christ. I got a great idea. What? Hey, I'm, I'm talking out there to you business owners who have the desire to really be a part of the I Work For Him show. How about one of you out there sponsoring us to give away an I Work For Him t-shirt to everybody who joins the I Work For Him nation? That's a cool idea. So if you're interested in doing that, just contact me, Jim at IWorkForHim.com. That's Jim at Iwork at the number four, him.com. That'd be a great idea. Mm-hmm. Because then we give away to everybody who joins the I Work For Him Nation, and it gets more people involved in our website. There you go. That's all you got to say is, there you go. You have no idea what to say. That's what you say when you have nothing else to say. There you go. Okay, I'll come up with something else. All right, so today we're talking about money, and it's destructive power or constructive power, glass half full, glass half empty, mm-hmm. in our marriage. Well, it's all in our lives. what you allow it to do to your marriage and well, in your marriage. Well, here, here's the important things to know. Martha and I, and we've shared it many times in there, we took a course called Crown Financial Ministries, and you can find out more about them online at crown.org. And no, they didn't pay for that commercial. Crown.org, fantastic organization. And also, if you were, Dave Ramsey also has stuff that's similar at daveramsey.com. We took this course and realized that money and how it oh wait a minute money and how it as as, as we were preparing for the show I thought we, we gotta have that song cause, yeah. cause it just talks about money 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 that's, money. Right. And that's what we're talking about alright so it, it, it Jesus knew and our Heavenly Father knew that money and possessions were the one thing that cause, could cause a rift or a drift in our relationship with Him. <laughs> the scriptures have over 2,350 verses about money and possessions. Jesus talked in His parables and in His sermons more about money and possessions than He did about faith and love. Because He knew that those things can get in the way of our relationship with Him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's not about... Um it's not about it in and of itself. It's what it does to us. So a lot of people think, oh, money is evil. No, no, no. That is not what Scripture says. No, what does Scripture say? It is the root of all sorts of evil. Right, the root of all sorts of evil. But it is not evil in itself. Right. God does all kinds of incredible things with money. He does. And um, that's the exciting thing. But it's a lot, It's what where it takes a place in your heart. And what you said just a minute ago, if it gets in the way of our relationship with him and ultimately with other people, if it becomes the most important thing where your heart, your treasure is there, your heart will be also. If you're focusing on that more than you're focusing on our Heavenly Father and our relationships with each other, then it becomes a huge distraction and distortion of life. You know, the statistics been out there for a very long time that problems with money is the number one cause of divorce in America. Mm-hmm. Now, we've heard recently that those statistics may be slightly changing. And the other cause, you know, that's fighting for top notch of destroying marriages in America, pornography addiction. So, but today we're not talking about pornography. This is a rated G show, but it is, that is definitely an issue. But let's talk about money and how that causes an issue in marriages. Because we, we, even in our own marriage, you know, that was one of those things where I'd been tithing all my life. I, I started tithing when I was a kid. I, I remember tithing when I made big money, uh, shoveling snow. I mean, I was like 12 or 13 in 1981, so 15 years old, one weekend. You just did that on the air. I don't care. Okay. I don't care. I'm, I'm almost 49. That's right. All right, so Coming up. Yeah, that's it's right. It's, I don't care. But it was, I can remember the snowstorms. It was the, it was the winter of 81. Mm. And on a Wednesday, it snowed 17 inches. On a Saturday, Friday night and Saturday, it snowed 21 inches. So 38 inches in four days. And that weekend, in 1981, I made $500. 
And you grew some really big biceps, too, probably. Yeah, that didn't help my back or things that are causing me problems with now. It's probably why my back's so bad today. (laughs) And I had a snowblower. My dad bought a snowblower and said, here, supply your way, you'll pay your way through college. Here's a snowblower. And as long as you do my driveway first, that was always the rule. Do my driveway first. And then before you're too tired, <laughs> before you're too tired, and and so right from then, I mean, that was big money. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I remember coming on to my parents on that Saturday night, going, "Hey, I need a check for fifty bucks. Here's fifty bucks. I, I need to write a check to church." And, and it was an interesting conversation because it staggered my parents. Mm. That that that's but that's where my heart was. Like, yeah. okay, so I was good at tithing, and when we got married, we were tithers. Mm-hmm. But we never, ever really understood the biblical principles of how money should play a role in our lives and not play a role in our lives. Yeah, I think that um, this is an area where so many people especially go into marriage very ill-prepared, not realizing what a big part of our lives it is because we spend all day earning money. So that all night we can... Balance the checkbook. Spend, <laughs> no. no, spend the money. No, but you don't think about that part of it. You don't think about the fact that, okay, we got to figure out how to do this money thing together. What's it look like? What's okay to spend money on? What's what's not? What are we? What are our goals? What are our objectives? Nobody talks about, well, okay, not nobody, but most people don't give that significant focus when they're dating and engaged. And no, because when you're dating and engaged, hits. you're just, oh, I can't you. <laughs> you. can't think about a bank reconciliation. <laughs> no, I am pretty sure that when we were dating, I never thought about bank wrecks. But we're both money people. Yeah. You had but, no money, and I was saving up money. But I was getting an accounting degree. Right. So, I mean, I, I was... And your parents had taught minded. you how to be very frugal with money. Yeah, very good with money. So, and my parents had taught me to be a very good saver. Mm-hmm. And you were a... Well, but we also knew how to spend pretty good. Sure. <laughs> as kids, as we got married as kids. So, what, let's just talk about some of the reasons how it causes issue in marriages. And you just brought a couple of them up. Uh, both husband and wives, as they get married... They learn how to handle money from their moms and dads. And in some cases, people have multiples of those, moms and moms and dads and dads. And they're learning not only how to handle it, but they're learning how not to handle it. And it's not always what's talked about, but what's um, modeled or not modeled. And if a parent is just checking bank balances or here, if this card doesn't work, try this card kind of mentality, then that's all they ever know. And it's just about, well, which one hasn't caught up with the bank yet? Or, you know, it's a, it's crazy chaos so so one thing is how we learn from our parents yes the next thing that that causes so the husband learns one way a wife learns another way or you learn multiple ways Mm -hmm. and you come together now you get married now it's god's intent when we get married that we the two become three right no well Well, sort of metaphorically maybe but but the two become three-stranded cord right but they become one one cord. cord yes so uh, what's what we're finding is a new trend is that because people and uh, maybe this isn't the case I'm going to I'm going to theorize because people okay. are either skeptical about marriage they're not combining their checkbooks or and it's so they just got a lot of work maybe. or it is a lot of work well when you got a lot of recurring bills on there it is a lot of work I mean moving check checking accounts today is the world's biggest nightmare yes. if you've got automatic deductions I was going to say, back when we first got married, I don't think we had any automatic deductions. Yeah, no, they didn't do that back then. <laughs> yeah, back then, they didn't have online... Right, checks. And... That's right. They didn't even have phones you could call and say, what was that last check for? You had to wait for people. But they used to have people that would answer the phones back then, though, too. They had to look it up on microfiche. No, we're they not did. that old. Are we? Yes, they did. <laughs> okay. 
We're not going to keep Well, he's better than microfilm. Microfiche is okay. All right. So combining checking accounts, Mm -hmm. learning how to handle money together. It's not his or hers. It's yours. Mm -hmm. And learning how to do that together and respecting each other and meeting each other's needs. Talking through money causes a lot of conflict because of all the things we mentioned already. And just maybe the cult, the way culture looks at um, inequality or, or equality, however you want to look at it. One makes more than the other because of whatever their position might be in their job. Um, just the tension that that can cause because they don't really want to talk about it, maybe, or they don't know a healthy way to have these conversations. So really, that's what today is all about. I'm just going to jump to this. You know, it's just the whole fact that with marriage mentoring, we're trying to teach people how to have a good base for conversation. All right, we're talking today about... How money has an impact on our marriages, both in a constructive and a destructive way. Martha, there's one book, as we highlight books today, there's one book that we have handed out Oh, man, hundreds of times. I wonder. Oh, it, it's. I know we've gone through cases and cases of these things. Okay. This is, it's time for a book highlight segment. Who's that brought to buy? Kara's Christian Books and Gifts. Care. The book today is what? Is it Your Money Counts? It is Your Money yeah, Counts. Yeah, you an answer. Written by? Um, Howard Dayton. Howard Dayton. We've given away lots and lots and lots of these. not even looking at any notes. So. You could have. They're right there in front yeah, of you. I didn't. All right. Recent studies confirm that more, half, more than half of all divorces are the result of financial pressures at home. And spiritually, many people are struggling to maintain a biblical perspective amidst the constant tug of materialism. But there is hope. The Bible has a lot to say about money. In fact, the Bible is a veritable blueprint. Managing your finances and your money counts. Trusted financial expert Howard Dayton shows you how to manage your personal finances in a highly practical, biblically biblically based way. Not easy for me to say. If you haven't gone through Crown Financial Ministries or the Dave Ramsey course, this is a book you got to have. This book basically summarizes the story behind Crown Financial Ministries. It is a fantastic book. It will open your eyes up, shift your paradigm on how you should be treating money from a biblical perspective as a Christ follower. And yet it's not a hard to read no, book. No, it's a very good book. It's very easy to read. read. Fast read. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to give away. How many copies are you going to give away today? Uh, let's give away a couple. We'll give away a couple of copies, but you got to call right now because Ivan is standing by. 855-265-2929. 855-265-2929. She <laughs> can't say it without giggling. Call right now. And remember, you need to read this book. Don't wait for the movie. There's lots of books that we talk about right here on the I Work For Him program that can save your marriage. The scriptures, number one, read them together. Mm -hmm. That can save your marriage. Powerful. Number two, this is one to put in your selection. Your Money Counts by Howard Dayton. One person's already called. Stand by. Because Ivan's ready, but he he's not he, he can't juggle two calls at one time. But wait a minute, but call. Call in to the studio line, 855-265-2929, or as Martha was trying to do, 855-265-2929. All right, so we're talking about today money, as it, as it has a destructive or constructive impact on marriages. Yeah. Yeah, 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 we are. <laughs> so back to the conversation about money. We talked at the beginning of the show about some of the consequences of people mishandling money or money mishandling them or, or being a destructive force. And it's because we learn about money from different, well, from different moms and dads. 
we uh, and if you get married later on in life, you already have developed your own bad habits with how you handle money. And then you combine two people that are, <laughs> have inherited. Am I boring you? Two people that inherited. She's yawning while I'm talking. It's some, hey, Mike from Sarasota, thanks so much for calling in to the studio line and winning a copy of Your Money Counts. We'll get that out to you. But we still have one more copy you'd like to give away today. Call into the studio line now, 855-265-2929. So we've got these couples that are learning things, and they get married. And now they need to figure out how to do it together as one. Yes. In a biblical fashion. Yes. And learn how to communicate when they don't agree or um, when they're setting goals or even when things come along, you know, being able to have good discussion and make good decisions that they're in agreement with and, and don't feel like it's every time we have to talk about money, we're going to have an argument. Well, and the reason a lot of couples have arguments is usually when people get married, you're usually marrying one saver with one spender. Not always, but usually one saver with one spender. Because if you, if you marry two spenders together, <laughs> that's not good. It's fixable because Christ came to redeem and restore all things. But it makes it more difficult when you got two spenders. It's just, you know, most of those have to go through bankruptcy and then they figure out how to do it. So stop yourself from doing that and learn now the proactive way. Learn the biblical principles of finance. Study it. The Bible has 2,350 verses about it. It does. And so, I, I just was thinking, you could see the wheels spinning. I thought you were head, falling right? asleep again. No, <laughs> you're terrible. So I just was thinking about the fact that you say, you know, there's it's typical for one to be a spender, one to be a saver. Even if they both have a saving mentality, one of them is more of a saver than the other. One's a hoarder. So that person looks at the spouse as being a spender, even if they're really good with their finances, just because they're not exactly on the same page. So again, what marriage mentoring does and the whole reason that we are explaining this every Tuesday is for people to understand that you can have healthy conversations and pray about getting your hearts unified in the different areas of your marriage, whether it's communication or in-laws or hobbies or friends, friends. And in this case, money, being on the same page and feeling, believing that you're acting in accordance with what God's calling you to do, not just do you want to spend 50 bucks? Okay, well, I'll spend 50 bucks. You know, it, it's not that kind of agreement that we're looking for, but how does God want us to use that $50 that he has entrusted us with? So again, just allowing for good conversation about it is what's so important in the communication of a marriage. And a lot of times, if couples are really struggling in this area, going through marriage mentoring is a great way to start these conversations mm-hmm. because a lot of times there's so much tension when it comes to mar- money, couples just ignore it. Yes. Because somehow they think that's easier. And then they find, man, we've never even discussed important things because we're afraid of it. So more about our marriage mentoring method right now in Tampa Bay. There's only one church offering this marriage mentoring method called daretobedifferent.com. That's at First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks. And if you go to their, their website, you can find out more about marriage mentoring. But this... Is uh, This marriage mentoring program is available right now in over 3,000 churches across America, which means there's 100,000 still left to go. Just a few. Maybe even more. I don't know how many churches there are in America. I think there's Oh, we like, looked it up one time. I we think. did? Yeah, I wrote it. Total down. churches in America? Um, evangelical churches. Lots of them. There, yeah. So get your church to have a marriage mentoring program. It is changing the culture of our church because couples are investing in other couples and we're all being encouraged in our marriage. So one of the weeks we talk about with our, our couples, we talk about money and so on this survey that they take, which indicates whether they're in agreement or not, these are some of the hot ticket conflict <laughs> mm-hmm. questions or statements. I worry that we will spend more money than we earn. We have a detailed financial budget that we can agree on. And they're answering these questions, agree or disagree. 
We agree on who should manage the money, bills, and finances. We agree on how to spend money. I'm concerned with I'm concerned without my uh, I'm concerned about how my partner has managed his money in the past. We agreed on how often and when to use credit cards in managing our finances. I apologize for the typos. That's because nobody I, else can see. Nobody typos. else can see those. <laughs> but I got typos on my list because I spoke. Typed it. You spoke to text. I spoke to texted. I spoke to text. It's a really cool thing. Hmm. That's what all famous radio and talk shows do. I love do. when you didn't underline, but it says we agree on the amount of money we give to our church or to charity, and those are some that. Um, these are some of the more sensitive ones, the ones that have come up more often as being a conflict in marriages. Um, and and they are things that are important to get to the point of actually being in agreement about it. Okay, so let's deal with the first one. Okay. I worry we will spend more money than we earn. How do couples keep from doing that? There's this great simple way. It's just, it's like a miracle way on how couples do this. Do you want me to tell you? Sure. You sure me. you don't know already? Hardly wait. You probably know already. I'm just not sure what you're... You, you don't read I my mind read like mind you didn't during the, the commercial? Yeah. Okay. In order to keep from spending more money than you earn, you should track oh. what you spend. What goes in and what goes out. One of the first challenges we do when we start a new Crown Financial Bible study or when we're mentoring couples and having to do with money, we say for the next month, we want you to track everything you spend. Everything, including money from the coin pocket or cup or whatever you got in your car track everything you spend and then at the end of the month start categorizing it how much you're spending and it starts to show you holes where you keep shoving money into but they're never filled mm-hmm. like a boat a boat is just a hole you throw money in that's right and the happiest two days of a boat owner's life are the day he gets the boat and the day he sells the boat that's just one place to waste a bunch of money but the, the question here is that they worry that they'll spend more money than they earn. Right, so stop what worrying. What saying is, if you know how you're spending your money, number one, then you'll know. Are we spending more than we earn? And then number two, what are we going to do about it? To quote a very famous pastor, Andy Stanley. What did he say? You got to be knowing where your money's going. Did he say it with that little bit of an accent there? Yes, he did, because he's yeah. from Atlanta. He is. You got to be knowing where your money's going. He probably says it much better, and he says it with much more of an Andy Stanley accent. But Well, that's because he is Andy Stanley. <laughs> All right, but so in order to, I mean, if you're not tracking your finances, and if you're just going to your bank account going, yep, there's still money. It shows there's still money there. I could spend money. That is a recipe for cake. No, not for cake, for disaster. I don't know why all of a sudden I'm feeling funny today. I don't know. All right. So well, maybe it wasn't funny. Are you falling asleep again? <laughs> no. Okay. All right. We have a detailed budget that we agree on. And that kind of feeds right from it the does. last question. Because how do you get a detailed budget? Well, you have to sit down and know where your money's going. Got to be knowing where your money's going. And then you can... Uh, I hope everybody listening today to this, whether you're listening today live or you're listening to one of our podcasts, I hope and pray that that drives you crazy. Especially so if you're that, not tracking So it. that they remember it. So they remember it. You got to be knowing where your money's going. So I love the part about this question where it actually says, not only do we have a detailed financial budget, but it's one that we agree on. Mm, yes. That's huge. Because there's a often a retentive detail. one in the marriage who's got the budget down to the 
umpteenth cent and another one goes, I'm not abiding by that. No, but it could also be that I say that I should get this much money for clothing every month and we're barely making the mortgage, then no, there shouldn't be that budget for clothing. It doesn't, you know, we live in a world, in a culture that thinks you need new things all the time. But in reality, there's plenty of of clothes in the closet. And we still got a book to give away. We do. Your Money Counts by Howard Dayton. If you and your spouse have not sat down and really invested in seeing what the Bible has to say about money in your marriage and how money applies to your walk in Christ, you need to call right now. Get a copy. Ivan is standing by. He's got nothing to do for the next three minutes and 20, 34 seconds. 855-265-2929. And it really is a good book. It is a good book. 855-260. Are you going to keep... <laughs> Why don't you just say the number? 855-265-2929. Okay. So another one of the questions on the survey. We agree on who should manage the money, bills, and finances. Why is that such a big deal? Well, because you could both think that the other person's doing it and then nobody's doing it. That's a real problem. I can tell you as an insurance agent, I often walked into people's houses selling insurance and there was always a pile of bills Mm -hmm. or paperwork in the middle of the kitchen table or the counter. Yeah. That's not a good sign. No, especially when they go, well, I know my insurance bill is in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's kind of scary. It's a terrible, it, that's a terrible one. But that's one of the reasons it's important to agree on who should do it. Also, um, you know, our little side caveat to that is that they both spouse should be involved in the process. Yes, they should. And Why what, is that? Well, because, okay, worst it's a good case idea. scenario, yeah, you some, know, if something were to happen, even if it were just you broke your leg and you couldn't move for a while it you know the if you're on a bunch of pain medicine last thing i want you doing is paying our bills <laughs> so you know there are reasons that you both should know that doesn't mean that you, you have both to- should be knowing where your money is going there you go there's can, a new can one we get a, can we get a beat here ivan <laughs> all right so uh, but here's the other thing you know in our marriage 29 years we've both done the checkbook we have, you know, when we had businesses, I would do the home checkbook, you would do the business checkbook. And then there was a time when the kids were little and you're just like, I can't handle this. And I did both. And then we've done, we've done bits and pieces back and forth. It's always been a team effort. And it, the biggest key is making sure that when one person is done, you let them know, hey, here's where we're at financially so you can get a good idea and kind of go through things, keeping people on the same page. But should you get hit by a bus or should I get hit by the bus, you know, the other spouse should know what's left going on. Or if I had been parked alongside the street when that drunk driver took out that truck on Sunday night. If that had been me and my little scion, I might not have walked away. Yeah. And ignorance is not bliss. No, it is not. It's actually very, very painful. So so sit down and talk together about your budget, your finances. And there are lots of ways to successfully execute a budget. One of the most successful ways is actually the envelope system. You may say, what is the envelope system? Sorry, we don't have enough time about today. Type in the envelope system onto the Google, and they'll tell you what it's all about. All right, so some of the other statements that people, uh, really, this is one where they don't agree. Is anyone giving you the finger? One minute. The one minute finger. I'm not turning towards Ivan today. My neck is killing me. I just got done having a massage, and I don't want to screw it up because my neck has been bothering me. It's terrible. And it's because I learned how to play racquetball left-handed. Yes. Okay, so people don't really care where they want to hear about what we got to say about money. All right. We, that, well, no, and Ivan just said, yep, I don't care. Okay. So I'm concerned with my, without, I'm with concerned how? with how my partner has managed money in the past. And a lot of this is, 
uh, couples, uh, divorced couples getting together, getting married. And a lot of it is, um, again, how they learned it from they were single before they got married. Right. Here's when you should deal with that. Before you get married. I mean, this is one of those things where... Or now. Or now, right? If you're engaged and you haven't started talking through a budget... Do this now. Go through Crown Financial Ministries now. Go through Dave Ramsey now together. Or uh, or do it now. If you've already got married, then start now. I mean, there's no time like the present to actually do this. So, but you, how we've spent money in the past, how we manage money in the past is an indicative. Past results here are indicative of future performance. Let's talk about some constructive things that money can do to marriages. What it can do? Yeah, let's do, let's do glass half full, your side of the deal. Oh, well, you know, going along with the thing where I had said um, whether you agree with each other about how to give your money to the church or make charitable donations. Um, That's easy for you to say. No, thank you for pointing that charitable out. Charitable <laughs> donations. Is, That's like eight that syllables. Being on the same page with that is refreshing and very freeing. One of the funnest things we do is when we, we, find, we find out a need yep. and, and we and pray we about it. And we don't talk about it first, and then we say, well, how much are you thinking? Well, how much are you thinking? And we say it, and it's always the same number. It's really cool. Most of the okay. time. Honey, we're, we don't have to tell all the truth. Yes, we okay, do, 99%. I wouldn't want people to think that it's a, like this fail, you know. Sometimes we need to pray about it a little more and get on the same page. Well, it's because you don't but. agree with me. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Thanks, honey. <laughs> All right, but it is. So if you li- as Dave Ramsey is so famous for saying, if you live like nobody else, in the when you're older, you can live like nobody else. And it is it is true. We took this course in 1999 and we made a commitment. We wanted to be able to honor the Lord with our finances. And it has enabled us to support many, many missionaries around the world, to support our church, and to really, when there's a need that comes up, because we're not encumbered by a lot of debt, it's really made a huge impact. In fact, it's allowed us to do radio these last two and a half years. And as, we, right. as we keep going in radio for who have no matter how many years, 10 more maybe, who knows? It, it's because of how we chose to live that enables us to do that. Yes. So that's a positive thing. It's also nice to have money to go on vacations if you save up for it. So in other words, the vacation is paid for before you go. That's a crazy Sarcasm idea. alert? Imagine that! Paying for your vacation before you go! Setting a budget. Don't spending a dime more. Uh, sorry, it's an unsarcasm alert now. Okay, so... As we talk about money, we just want couples' marriages to be stronger. And this is one of those things. There's no reason to argue about money. Stop being stubborn. Just talk through this stuff. You know, that brings up a good point. Probably a lot of So what I've said already at this point was nothing good? No, I said it just brings up a good point, not the only good point. Okay, another good point. Um, Another good point would be the fact that... um, Hmm. What was that? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thank you, honey. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, a lot of the arguments about money probably are stemmed from pride because you either don't want to give up the way you're doing things or you don't want to give up or um, surrender or be humbled enough to share or whatever that mentality might be. But that a lot of it's probably stubbornness and pride. Well, and I agree because it's a lot of times in couples we find they're hiding expenditures from their spouses. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a recipe for disaster too. I mean, this is, you become two, become one. It's not his and hers. It is yours. Everything about you should be changing because you get married you meld it's a mind meld it's all it's just like the vulcan mind meld without 
Spock. I mean, you're 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 come bringing two people together, and those of you that have no idea what he just talked about, I'm sorry, just look it up on the internet. But it is so important that we meld our money together because we don't really argue about money. I can't. I mean, except when I'm doing the checkbook, I get really intense. When we're missing a receipt. When we're missing a receipt because I'm doctor receipt. But really, we don't argue about how to spend money. We really are pretty much on the same page. It only took 29 years. So there's hope. Hang on. Yeah. And, and we lived through a lot of years of commission-based um, income and things like that where I mean, we were selling cars, we were selling insurance, things that didn't didn't happen at the same pace every single day. And we survived. No, and we it, learned from it and we grew from it. We've been self-employed off and on since 1989. And what's really incredible is that when you look at commissions, they're always up and down, up and down, up and down. And a lot of people set their budgets based on the up, <laughs> not the down. It's easier. It's it, more fun. It's, and we just figured out the average, and, and that's how we always lived and, and not since we took Crown Financial Ministries, and that made a huge difference. Yes. It made a huge difference. Being realistic. Right. It, it is. And really, we want to encourage you out there. You're married. You're single. It doesn't matter. You need to handle your money in, as a steward. God has entrusted that to you. Treat it that way. Go online at crown.org or daveramsey.com and get in, enrolled in a course and learn the biblical principles of finance. Hey, honey, we're coming to the end of another I Work For Him show. Oh, already? Yeah, we really should start to do two hours because this could go for We could do it every day for two hours. It'd be great. All right. Well, so, we'll keep talking in the car. All right, we will. Okay, so we want people to join the I Work For Him Nation. We're working on getting T-shirts for people so they've got something to get when they join the I Work For Him Nation. And we're looking for a sponsor to sponsor that. I'm putting that out there today. So help us give T-shirts to everybody that joins the I Work For Him Nation. Here's what we're looking for. We're looking for you to make a commitment to join the I Work For Him Nation. We're looking at first for you to start praying for your coworkers and employees by name each and every day. Mm-hmm. If you're willing to make that commitment, let's just stop right there. If you're willing to make that commitment, go online, iworkforhim.com, click on Contact Us. Let us know that you're willing to join the I Work For Him Nation. We're Christ followers who own our own business, but ultimately... I work for him.